excuse me, 4-7. Talks about the woman that she was in such a place that her husband died and, and they had so many creditors. But the creditors came to take her two sons to be his slaves. Now that would be a horrible thing. All of you that are youth, think about if you were taken to be slaves because your mom couldn't pay her bills. On verse 2, Elijah said to, him, to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you of sale, of sale value in the house? I'll be honest with you, church. Number one, if you're in debt, start selling stuff. So, but I like it. Well, you know, if you have, I'm talking to those that have gotten yourself in debt foolishly, okay? Now, and we've had, you know, we've had to do that. Oh, a beautiful yellow vet to get us out of debt. So this first thing he said, what do you have? What do you have that you can sell? Now, people get real mad at this one. She said, your handmaiden has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. So she had nothing in her house but oil. I want you to think about this, what this house must have looked like. Then he said, go around and borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not a few. And when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons and pour the oil you have into those vessels, setting aside each one when it is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon herself and her sons who brought to her the vessels. She poured the oil when the vessels were all full. She said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not a one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. What, what, there was one thing that she did, and I want someone to tell me what it was out there. What is the one thing that she did to bring the blessing to her? Anybody out there? Pardon? Her obedience. She did what she was asked to do. Right. She was obedient to what she was asked to do. Because she was obedient and she did it, God moved. Many times people come in a line and they say, I want this and this and this. And then the minister hears from God. He tells them what to tell the person, and they have a choice at that point to do it or not. Now, I found in my life, in, in, in the ministry here, for me, when God tells me to tell somebody something, they can come in this line three million times, and he's not going to go any farther than that. And until they do it, it's not going to go anywhere. I'm being honest. It's, it's very hurtful. And it, it, it's, it's hurtful to know that right beyond that line 
if they would just do it, that they could have all the blessings that they desire. But for some reason, rebellion, stubbornness, whatever you want to call it, they don't do it, so it doesn't happen. That's pretty heavy. So, the scripture that I put on my website earlier this morning, it was funny because we have a pastor friend in Texas, and his was real, well, he just, he sent a uh, note or a message to me this morning and said yes, agreed to what I was saying, and I looked at his, and I agreed to what he was saying, so I sent one to him. Hebrews 11, 25 is what the Lord told me to put on there. What was it? No, it wasn't, honey. What is it? 11 what? Forsake not. 10.25? Is it 10.25? That's what he told me to put, down, put there last night, but it was in the New King James. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. For if we go on deliberately and willfully sinning after once acquiring the knowledge of truth, there is no longer any sacrifice left to atone for our sins, no further offering to which to look forward. Well, I just I did 25 in the New King James Version. I don't know if anybody has that. Does anybody have that? I stopped there. I just read it, wrote it out. It's real similar. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. And then I asked them out there, read 26, please, and let me know what you get out of that, those two together. And so I'm kind of interested to see what my friends on Facebook or who, anybody out there is going to tell me they got out of that. Hallelujah. It'll be interesting. Maybe I'll share with you what was said. Okay. Children's Church, you're excused, Pastor, if you want to come up. We are in the path of an undisturbed mind. The path of an undisturbed mind. And we stopped. We're going to look at the characteristics. We looked at some thoughts. I believe we stopped at Ephesians 4.17. Am I correct? Anybody have your notes from last week? 4.17. Did we ever get any cough drops? Hallelujah. My mouth is real dry. I don't want to sit here and drink water. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and look at the characteristics of an evil heart. What are the characteristics of an evil heart? And I found it very interesting. I'm going to um, give you all of them, and then we're going to go through the scriptures so you can write them down and be prepared, okay? A characteristic of an evil heart is, number one, stubbornness. 
Number two, thank you, madness. Number three, depravity, extortion, and excess. So we'll start with stubbornness, and that is in Ecclesiastics 8.11, if you would like to go there. Thank you, darling. While you're finding Ecclesiastics chapter 8, verse 11, I'll give you the nugget. Worry gives small things. I know all of us have worried, so this is going to apply to each and every one of us. Worry gives small things big shadows. <laughs> Once again, worry gives small things big shadows. Going on to Ecclesiastics chapter 8, looking at verse 11 from the King James. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Amplified. Amplified, verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, the hearts of the sons of men are fully set to do evil. It's the same. One of the same. You notice that the word that sticks out to me is speedily. Speedily. When God tells you to do something, he wants you to do it now, not later. Now. Okay. It says, their heart, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. You know, we want, you know, I don't know about you, but I go around and I look at what in the world is going on in the world today and how can people be so ignorant to not see the writing on the wall of, of what's going on in our country. But you know, people are blinded actually blinded. I was in the pool the other day with a woman and tried to talk to her and they're totally, it's like this dark veil is over them and they honestly cannot see the truth. I saw it for myself the other day and I just, I kind of was like, I just, I know I rolled my, I know that I know I rolled my eyes. I don't do that very often, but I know that I know I rolled my eyes at her because I was, I could not believe what she was saying. I know that's rude, but whatever. Go ahead, sweetie. Stubbornness is a horrible, horrible thing. How many know that? God can't work with someone that's stubborn. He just, he just, I've seen it through the years. I've seen people that have such a strong anointing on them, but they're stubborn and they'll do it their way. They won't take control of their thoughts. They won't take control of their actions. They feel like I'm, I'm free 
there's another word I won't say, and 21, and I'm old enough to do what I want and what I can say what I want. No, you're not. No, you're not, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, and we will be accountable for every word we speak. So we need to think about that when we speak it. I, I'm saying this in love. I'm not saying this because I'm, you know, but we need to really think about about some things here because people can't understand why they're not they're they're not getting blessed, and this is why. I think they got Frank Sinatra's song in their heart. <laughs> I did it my way. That's selfish. God says, do it his way, not your way. Yep. Okay. okay. All right, we go to the next one, uh, which was madness. Ecclesiastics chapter 9. Looking at verse 3. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is, none, there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. Well, now we, we can see when someone is in that madness state, what, what, is, what is in their heart full of evil. How many ever lose your temper out there? Seems like we need to do some house cleaning in our hearts. It says in the Amplified in this, this evil is all that is done under the sun. One fate comes to all. Also the hearts of men are full of evil and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that, they go to the dead. That's a, that is, you know, I think about Marie Woodworth Etter, and she had a very powerful anointing. Number one, they didn't like her because she was a woman preacher. Number, that was number one. Number two, they didn't want to hear about healing and the word of, the word of God and healing. And so I remember this was not just once, if I'm not mistaken, but one reporter decided to write a letter on her because they're within miles of her meetings. People would get healed. The power of God would come down and people would get healed. One time she went into a trance and was kind of just stayed like that. And they, thousands, they, they took thousands by her and they got healed. Well, this man decided he was going to, you know, read her book. It's really, they didn't have a lot of um, wisdom or knowledge in that those days, which was sad. But in her book, it talks about that. And it talks about how this one reporter decided that he was going to come against the anointing. Well, he ended up going nuts. Absolutely crazy. And I have seen this in people that refuse to give up things. Their mind starts to go. It's really sad. Their, you know, their mind starts to go. And, you know, there's so much on this in the Bible, but it's, it's sad and we've got to really 
take, take control of our thoughts and our words, church, immediately. So we're not going to give you the, the other two, but it is depravity and extortion and excess. But the next thing is the source of unbelief, okay? And that's in Hebrews 3.12. The source of unbelief. Remember, we're on a, the path to an undisturbed mind. How many want an undisturbed mind? It is well worth doing everything you can to get to that place where your mind is not disturbed about anything. Remember, James said, Count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her work perfect work so you may be entire wanting nothing so there is a place there is a state that you can come to where you can just be free and happy in all things in everything okay dear okay we're going to Look at the source of unbelief, Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to read it from the Amplified, verse 12. Therefore, beware, brethren, take care, lest there be in any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart, which refuses to cleave to, trust in, and rely on him, leading you to turn away and desert or stand aloof from the living God. Whoa, that's heavy. So, an unbelief. If you have something in there, you may be. Well, it says, did you, which did you read it? Um, I read it from the Amplified, verse 12. But he goes on to say in 13, but instead warn, admonish, urge, and encourage one another, even this day, as long it is, as it is called the day, that none of you may be hardened and into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin, by the fraudulent, the stratagem, the trickery, which the delusive glamour of sin may play on him. You know, we see this in the hour that we are in. There are actually well-known ministers, big churches, that are starting to embrace the Muslim faith, and they call it, what is it? Chrislam. It's, it's appalling to me. When I read the list of pastor of a few of them, he, one of them he almost choked on. I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. But we are in a time when, uh, where the Bible said many will be deceived, and many are. He, he said the elect could be deceived. And many elect are. And the sad thing is, people are grabbing hold of this. When the, when the first, when the person's book came out, I said, I don't want any part of it. It was a very popular book. I said, I don't, I don't want any part of it. I don't agree with it. Both of the two, these two people I'm talking about. One of them I felt, um, because I had been in, my mom had been in unity, and I understood it, and I read the book. And, and I said, I can't read beyond this right now, because this person is going too far in over into the other side. There's a very fine line, which someday maybe I'll teach about. But when you start embracing the Muslim religion and put it with, with Christianity, it isn't going to work. 
I know it's appalling and shocking. And if, if you want to ask me after who it is, I will tell you out there, but I won't from the pulpit. If you really want to know a lot of things that are going on right now and the person that has enough intestinal fortitude to say it, watch Jack Van Impey every week. Okay. You have any to share on that? As far as I'm concerned, he's putting more out there right now than anybody else that we need for this hour. And that's the truth. This week he's going to talk on the Pope resigning and the new Pope. Okay. Second Peter 2.14. You want to share anything? You're being real quiet. You let me do it today, huh? Mm-hmm. You're going to do it all. Okay. Fine. I don't care. 2.14. Wow. Okay. Second Peter chapter 2. From the Amplified, verses 14 and 15. They have eyes full of harlotry, insatiable for sin. They beguile and bait and lure away unstable souls. Their hearts are trained in covetousness, greed, and lust. They are children of a cursed, exposing to cursing. Verse 15. Forsaking the straight road, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who love the reward of wickedness. Well, let's move on. I always this I, this one I always like. But he was rebuked for his own transgression when a dumb beast of burden spoke with human voice and checked the prophet's madness. I always loved that one. When someone's animal starts telling them how bad they are, when God uses an animal, can you imagine you get so far out that your animal starts telling you where you're missing it? That'd be kind of shocking all of a sudden. Benjamin opens his mouth. He's always got his mouth open anyway, but you know, all of a sudden and, and words come out, would you, would you pay attention? Most people would say, oh, that's a demon. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, dear, I'm helping you along here today, aren't I? You're on the wrong page. Why am I on the wrong page? You got the second one there. Oh, I got the second page. He did another page. Well, I like that one. Okay. No, I did. I was on the right one. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Second Peter 2, right? We just did it. Right. Okay, we're going to go to Mark. <laughs> Praise God, I think if you're going to give new pages, you need to tear up the old. When we get rid of the rest. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, Jesus is speaking. Remember, we're talking about the 
source of unbelief. Mark chapter 7, verse, um, starting with verse 21, beginning with, uh, from the Amplified once again. For from within, that is, out of the heart of men, comes base and wicked thoughts, sexual immorality, stealing, murder, adultery, verse 22, coveting, covetousness, a greedy de desire to have more wealth, dangerous and destructive wickedness, deceit, unrestrained, indecent conduct, an evil eye, envy, slander, evil speaking, malicious, I can't get these words out. Lasciviousness. Uh, misrepresentation, abuse, abuseness, pride, the sin of an uplifted heart against God and man, foolishness, folly, lack a sense of recklessness and thoughtfulness. Wow. Um, you didn't do 23 too. Didn't they do 23? Okay. Mm -hmm. 23. All these evil purposes and desires come from within and they are made and make the man unclean and render him unhallowed. Okay. Uh, all these forms that we just read um, are types of idolatry because they are, that's king, king in that individual's or reigning and ruling in their person, personal life. And this includes heresy. Heresy, okay, I'm going to give you a brief uh, description of heresy, or definition of heresy. A belief opposed to orthodox doctrines. So heresy is a belief opposed to orthodox doctrines, especially those specifically denounced by the church. Uh, these are opposing views. Okay, let's go on, continue. Uh, the prime example, she's already mentioned it, but we'll go through it again anyway. Prime example we know of, we know of that we live in the last days, amen? amen? And there are certain things we need to be aware of, and that is that many will be deceived. So let's turn back to, Ma turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. And 24, Jesus speaking, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and they shall so show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Okay, let's go to verse uh, from that in the Amplified. For false Christs and false prophets will arise, and they will show great signs and wonders, so that to deceive and lead astray. If possible, even the elect, God's chosen ones. So these, these things are happening in our day because these are the last days. I mean, you can't pick up the newspaper without it reading what the Bible is telling us. So we live in the last days. Now, the word deceive is, the number is 4105 in the Strong's Concordance. It means to roam from the truth. Go astray, err, or seduce. Again, deceive. 4105. To roam from the truth. To go astray, err, seduce. In John, let's go to the book of John, chapter... Can I, when you, while you're turning there, can I... You know, it says to roam from the truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit about a friend of ours that... Um, he really was a word of faith person and he was a very on fire person of a God, but he always felt 
there had to be more out there than the Word. There is nothing more out there than the Word. And he ended up in a cult. And uh, the sad thing is, he actually gave up his church in a town near here and went back to live. He got all screwy and his people started calling us with the goofiness of it. This was years ago. And ended, finally ended up going to live in that town where the, the prophet is with his church. But we saw him from the very time we met him roaming from the truth because he would he would hit he would hit this person's ministry and and go this is really good and then roam to another you know what i'm trying to say and he he invited pastor when he first got in to go to the camp meeting there and pastor said itchy ears yeah itchy ears is a good one pastor said you know until i hear of people that i highly respect talking about this man actually brother hagen told the students at at uh, one of the classes, he had a list of names, and he said, "If you, this was the end of the year, if you line yourself up with these ministries, you can forget you ever came to Rama." Now, Brother Hagen didn't do things like that. I will be honest with you, and this man was one of them on there. And we tried to share this with our friend, and didn't want to hear it. He'd already roamed. He'd already roamed out too far. What was the second one roamed, and what was the second roamed in? Go astray. You know, where do you roam? This roams. Your mind starts roaming around, and that's where you have to get it captive with the Word of God. Line it up, take it, line it up to that Word constantly. Because I'm going to tell you, that ministry that's in Chislam or started this thing. People thought, oh, this is the greatest thing around. Seeker-friendly. It's the greatest thing around. And now, you know, how many, I, I sat there and I, I thought, how many people are, are going astray? Because of one, per, one person. Well, actually two. Two, two were well-known well ones. But I'm thinking, how many people are going astray? You know, we heard... Um, the tapes we're playing right now on the, on the Friday night, we heard how his church went from 1900 to 900 because of two people he didn't even know, Jim pa Baker and Jimmy Swaggart. We were at Rama during that year when that happened. I'm going to tell you, that was the day, that, that was the time right before that, Word of Faith churches were like growing leaps and bounds. These people were not even Word of Faith. I'm going to be very honest with you. They weren't even. And yet, this man went from 1,900 people down to 900 overnight. Because itchy ears and people started roaming out there for something else. So, you know, this is why it's so important. Just, this is, as far as I'm concerned, this is it. And this is, this, it's here. This is where it is for me. Tapes are nice, but this is it for me. Okay. It always up, has, and it always will be. Holding up the word. That's right. Okay, John chapter 14. We see something here. Verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay. No one comes to the Father but by me. The Father is in heaven, so nobody's going to go to heaven without going through Jesus. Amen. Okay. Jesus is the way by his doctrine, by his example, by his sacrifice, and by his spirit. Jesus is the truth. He opposes all false religion. Since we're there in John, let's go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Look at verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So all truth is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? If he's the word, you have the word in your, in your lap. It means what is written in this, that book is truth. It cannot be changed. God does not change. Amen? Glory to God. I read that out of the Amplified unless you okay. want me to. From the Amplified... For while, the law, for while the law was given through Moses, grace, un, unearned, undeserved favor, and spiritual blessings and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's, that is the way. Okay, this is the truth. Jesus Christ is truth in respect to all the promises of God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. While he's turning there, I want to share something that I totally agree with. There are scriptures written to the Jews, and there are scriptures written to the church. The Jews, that's their business, okay? The church, that's us. We need to know what's us and what's the Jews, and not try to bring all of it together, which some people have. You know, yes, the Old Testament is very important, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are still part of the Old Covenant, okay? But we've got to know what God's saying to us and what he's saying to, to the Jews and not concern yourself with what he's saying to them. Concern yourself what he's saying to us, okay? Pray for them. Give, for, give to them, Christian Jews. It's real important so they can get those saved, but... This is where people get really screwed up in things. They start putting things where they're not. Okay, so I just wanted to share that. What did the, what did the Berean do every day? Study to see if what they were hearing was the truth. Hallelujah. Okay, Jesus the truth. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 tells us, For all the promises of God in him are yea and amen, unto the glory of God by us from, uh, from, the, from the Amplified. For many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes answer in him, Christ, 
For this reason, we also utter the amen, so be it, to God through him, in his person, and by his agency, to the glory of God. So, all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus. Yea and amen. So, every promise you find here is yes. Amen. amen. Glory to God. Okay. Can I, then, can I read on when, before you leave this one? Go ahead. Okay. I don't want to interrupt you, though. No, let's go okay. on. We're going to read on a little bit here. Um, but it, in verse 21, but it is God who confirms and makes us steadfast and establishes us. He makes us steadfast and establishes us in joint fellowship with you in Christ and has consecrated and anointed in doing us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he has appropriated and acknowledged us by his putting his seal upon us and giving us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a security deposit and guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. I want you to read that as a, he has also appropriated and acknowledged us as his by putting his seal upon us and giving us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a security deposit and guaranteed of the fulfillment of his promise. You know, if you will take that scripture, every time you take another scripture or a group of scriptures that you are standing on, if you will take that along with those scriptures and go back to this and remind him of it. There are things that we are to bring out to him and say, God, you have already guaranteed. I have a security deposit and a guarantee of the fulfillment of your promises. And don't stop. Do not, having done all to stand, stand. Do not back up. Do not give in to thoughts. Do not give in to, to disappointments or impossibilities. So many times what people do right before you know, you have a, a date, a due date, like that guy with the airplane this morning. You have a due date. And right before that, the enemy, I'm going to tell you, every time he looks like it's not going to happen. And that's when he wants you to give up. Almost everything that I've ever received from God or happened from God was right up at the 59th minute of the hour. Because your faith will be tried you know, God's out there. The enemy can see what God's bringing to you. We can't always. Ours is by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So when he sees it coming closer, he's going to do everything within his power to make you think it's not, to get you to turn away from it and give up. Well, we're not quitters. We don't give up. We don't run from the devil. He's under our feet. And we continue on pressing in. Even to the point where the three Hebrew children, they said, no, no matter what, even if, if we end up in there, God is still going to save us. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd rather end up in it sometimes and have Jesus walking around in it with me and me come out not singed at all. So don't give up. You cannot give up. Hallelujah. Because we have been given. Let's read it again. He has also appropriated and 
and acknowledged us by, as his by putting his seal upon us and giving us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a security deposit and a guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. Hallelujah. Got anything to share on that? Okay. Jesus okay. said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus' life is both grace and glory. A life not only saves from death, but destroys death. Again, no man cometh to the Father by any other doctrine, by any other merit, or any other intercession. Only by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay, um... I'm going to give you a couple of these scriptures. You need to pick them up on yourself because we're running on time. Um, Acts 4 and 12. Why don't we stop it right here? No, I got, I've got to okay. finish it up. Acts 4 and 12, Philippians 2, verses 10 and 11. That's Philippians 2, 10 and 11. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Okay, she alluded to this earlier. Today on the church scene, new revelation is being taught. New revelation is being taught in the church scene. Chrysalum, the embracing of Muslim teaching within the Christian faith by denying certain doctrines of the Christian faith. The Christian faith has to, in the Chrysalum, Christian faith has to be removed, but Chrysalum remains strong. Okay? Don't be deceived and fooled into believing this is heresy. That's what we, we looked at that. It directly opposes the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let's turn to the book of Revelation, the last chapter, chapter 22 of Revelation. Honey, let's stop Chapter 22 of Revelation, we will be looking at verses 18 and 19. Verse 18, I personally solemnly warn everyone who listens to the statements of the prophecy, the predictions and the consolations and admonitions pertaining to them in this book. If anyone shall add anything to them, God will add and lay upon him the plagues and afflictions and the calamities that are recorded and described in this book. Verse 19, and if anyone cancels or takes away from the statements of the, this book, this prophecy, these predictions relating to Christ's kingdom and its speedy tri triumph, uh, together with uh, consolations and admonitions of warning pertaining to them, God will cancel and take away from, from him his share in the tree of life and in the city of holiness, purity and, and holiness, which are described and promised in this book. Okay, if that is for the book of Revelation, the rest of the book's have the same connotation. You can't take anything from those books either. So this means everything. As far as I'm concerned, this is talking about the whole Bible, what he's talking about here. You can't, you can't add anything or take away from God's word. That means trouble to you, okay? Note, Chrislam, there's adding and taking away of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's not get involved in it. You hear somebody get involved in it, just tell them that's wrong, Show them 
what you know, tell them your testimony, get them out of there. Embracing, as we've just read, embracing such uh, uh, this chrysalis will lead to your sure eternal destruction. Again, that we've always, we've, we spoke about Acts chapter 17, verse 11. That verse will guide you, help guide you in, in this area. Because it's, it's not, God's word is not going to be compromised with another religion. And too many people are compromising on God's word. This is the big one that's happening now. It's going around the world. There's, ma there's some major ministries that uh, they're taking hold of it and sh sharing it with their congregations. Be careful. I what see you this. Hear. I see this as we're, we're going to be out of here. When you start mixing the Muslims with the trying to get the Muslims and the, Jew, the Christians together. And the Muslims want to kill the Christians and the Jews. I mean, I will, I'm going to share this again, and I'm going to be real honest. The night of the election at 8.30, I think it was a little after 8.30, I looked at Pastor and I said, when it was over, I said, it should have been over at that time, but I said, God placed it in my heart so heavy that there was great danger out there and that it was our job as under shepherds under Jesus Christ of this church to give put everything into your hands and into you to prepare you so you would make it through I have to be honest that that's and it was so strong that I I remember it I remember it I remember it very clearly and I looked at pastor and I said our main object, objective now is to do everything we can to get this body, whoever comes, in the rapture and keep them, teach them how to stay pure before God and not be misled. That's our job. And I know both of us have prayed and sought the Lord on this, on how we are to do this because we'll give an account for every one of you. And that, that to me is an awesome charge that God gives every shepherd in this country. And I do not want to stand before him and, and, and hear why or see one person lost. It's, it's every person's choice, but I don't want to see that. And every week, almost every day, Something new is coming, and it's going by fast, and we have to prepare. We just have, you know, you, through prayer, the word, loving one another. You know, we are a family here, and we've got to stick together as a family and press on forward into the mark of high calling. Forgetting the past, refusing to look back, and press on forward because that mark is right up there. Jesus is right there. He doesn't even know when the trumpet's going to sound. All he knew was the signs of the times and he put them down there. Only God knows it. But I know one thing. God has to look down on this, what's going on in this earth. And he is a very holy God. He's a very loving God. 
there's going to be a point where he can't stand to look at it anymore. And that he's going to tell Jesus, go get him. And that's coming soon. Because I'll tell you, things that I've had to listen to three years ago are nothing like what I've had to listen to in the last year, month, week. It's amazing to me. Just to kind of nail down the last scripture I gave you, Romans chapter 1. The Muslims say that Israel is supposed to be eradicated, destroyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Israel is what, Jews? Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first. So how can you mix the two together? But see, they, they, they take the Christian view out and put the Muslim view in, and people are being sucked up by it. Don't be that way. Rely upon the Holy Spirit. Keep Acts 17.11 thoroughly working in your, your life. Okay. That closes that part off. We didn't even get to the the last part so so we're going to look at next week the spiritual side of the mind and its value the spiritual side of the mind and its value so you've got an insight on that already okay let's all stand we'll close Rejoice. when it's getting darker on the outside it's getting brighter on the inside let, so let your light shine, so those that are in darkness will come to know the Lord. That's exciting. Like I've already turned me off, I don't know how to turn this off, so we're going to put that up It's exciting. You know, when you see the signs of the times, it's like, wow. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think it was going to go this way because of the teachers back in the 70s. They didn't have, they didn't have this part all figured out. You're going to So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that we have a greater understanding. How to clear up our minds. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. That your word, Father God, is true. We will abide in it, Father God. We will be obedient to it, Father God. We are willing and obedient, Father God. Thus, we will accomplish that you've given us. We will establish your covenant while there's still time. So we commission ministering angels now to bring in finances that we may establish your covenant in these last days. We praise you for it and we thank you. Give us each a great day. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.